0: Hi, everyone. My name is Wendy Manganero, and I am the host of the Wellness and Wealth Podcast. I'm so happy to have you find us. And if you could take a moment and hit that subscribe button, I'd really appreciate it. This is the podcast where we believe when you show up better for yourself as a woman business owner, you show up better for your business. So sit back, relax, and learn from the practical to the woo-woo, how to best take care of you, have a great day, stay blessed, and leave a review when you're done listening to the show. Thanks so much. On today's episode, we have Amelia Dotson. I'm going to read her bio and then we're going to get right into it. Amelia has stepped into her role as that mom life coach in your pocket. Through her innovative mom life friendly coaching method, she coaches and supports women throughout their individual parenthood journeys so that they can provide the very best for themselves and their entire family. So welcome to the show, Amelia. So glad you're here. Thanks, Wendy. I'm so happy to be here. So I'm excited about this because we're going to talk about your inner critic, but I like how you say it much better. You call it the mean voice. I'm having flashback high school with the mean girl. That's where it came from. Yes, You, what is a mean voice? What does that mean in your world?
1: Okay, so that reference to the mean girl is definitely a part of it. And I wanted to take it to a more gender neutral place. So I called the mean voice. And it's that internal narrator, that inner voice that can turn a little mean sometimes. And what I've learned over the years with my research is that it's part of our defense mechanism it's trying to keep us safe it is tied into our habitual operating system how we see the world how we've been programmed by our upbringing how our environment has shaped us and it's that voice that's telling you to stay safe and not try new things and go out of your comfort zone so that's the way i think of it is that it's that voice that's trying to keep you in your comfort zone it's It's trying to keep you doing things that you are familiar with and not doing anything scary that might get you injured. So it takes in all the uh, stimulus in there and basically discards anything that doesn't match what we've already been familiar with. And it ties into those limiting beliefs, those old stories that we all have about ourselves. I'm not qualified enough. I'm too old to be doing this. I'm too young to be doing this. I'm not good at technology. I shouldn't in business because if I spend too much time on my own goals and I might be neglecting my family and I'll be selfish. So all of these stories and beliefs that we have in our brains come out through this mean voice that kind of talks back to us.
0: I love that. The one that resonates with me because I do marketing is the one, I don't know how to do technology. I can't tell you how many women I speak to who are waiting for their children to do it and then frustrated with their children because they don't do it. I missed him saying I have ran across my share of women and I offer the solution of or you could hire the right person or learn how to do it either way that you want to do that. When and how did you discover your own mean voice? Because I think that like we all have it, but we don't know that's what it is.
1: Exactly. So it's really hard to pinpoint when I discovered it. When I think back, I think it's always been there. It probably reared its ugly head around the lovely middle school time when we all become more self-aware and self-conscious and it zeroes right in on the things that you're most secure about, that you're sensitive about. It doesn't care about the way you wash your dishes or the way you fold your laundry. It cares about, you know, you put on a cute little outfit and it tells you're fat. Or you try to do a marketing campaign and put yourself out there and sell something, and it tells you you're not good enough. You don't have enough experience. So it's always zeroing in on those things that are those pain points. I call them the top ten greatest hits. So it's usually the same ones over and over that come up. So you can, if you start paying attention, you can notice them. And I really became aware of this. about About 10 years ago, I took a yoga teacher training and part of the training, we talked about mindset and the way that we can focus on being a positive force in the world and it really brought it up to my awareness that I had this voice that I always just thought was telling me the truth. These are my thoughts. These are things that I believe and they must be true. Why wouldn't they be? And I really became aware for the first time that thoughts are just thoughts. They're not facts. They are based on... a and filtered through our own experiences and what I call our operating system. And it's always constantly trying to match. Does this match what I believe already? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. We'll incorporate this. No, forget it. Move on. So the mean voice really is there to keep you in your lane. And I really started to notice that when I first became aware of tapping into my thoughts and that they are not truth they are not facts and that just opened up my whole brain into thinking about it that way
0: I like that I've heard it a little differently I've heard feelings are facts but I like that idea that thoughts aren't facts yes there's a feeling that goes with it but we either constantly say yes to that feeling with our thought or no to that feeling with our thought it habituates that feeling based on our thinking usually more than, Else, when that's happening, I tell myself to stop that, and it's hard to stop that. It's hard to be like stop thinking that. How do you shut that off without going stop it, stop it? And the, the more you say stop it, the more you think right. about Or it, it's this vicious cycle when we try to put quick breaks on those thought patterns.
1: Yeah. So the more you resist it, the more it's going to keep coming back and fighting you, and you can't really reason with it. That's a battle you're always going to lose. So the way I think about it is this is all based on the way we see ourselves. So it's very identity based. So we need to kind of go a little deeper into trying to type of person that has more positive thoughts. And the way that I have found to do that is through habit. So creating habits that are little routines that reinforce the kind of identity that you want. So it's a matter of doing things that make you feel in line, the kind of person you want to be. So things like doing yoga every day is something that I wanted to do is to create a habit, being the type of person that did that. The way I did that was I created a habit of doing it every day. But just for two minutes every day. And that was like a tiny little thing that I could do. It almost seems ridiculous and it's not going to do anything for you to do that little, but what it will do is help you with that identity. And so when the mean voice starts coming up, you're not a yoga teacher, you're too fat to be a yoga person. You don't look the part. You don't, you don't have that yoga body. All those mean voice things, is started to be able to counter that with, no, I do yoga every single day without fail. And that's true whether I do it for two minutes or whether I do it for an hour. It is true. I'm a person who does yoga every day. And so having that kind of identity level connection to the thick activity was really important. And it can work in business as well. If you think I've had thoughts of I'm not a real Business person. I'm just dabbling here. I'm not really doing anything worthwhile. Those are the kind of mean voice thoughts that come up for me. And then I think about what are the activities I do every day that reinforce the fact that I am building a business. Am I posting on social media? Am I meeting with a client? Am I you no know, organizing my technology that supports my business. There's something I'm doing every day that's creating the reality of me being in business and having a real business. So having the actions to back it up really helped.
0: I love that. think that there's something to that because you're confirming your truth. Right. Because there's one thing knowing something and there's another thing taking the action to do it so that it is a truth. And I think even for new business owners, especially, we go, we started this business. And then they go, we'll work on it tomorrow. Because that voice is like, there's something else, there's somewhere else, there's somebody else. And in order to be like, oh, no, I own a business and this is the things I'm doing, it requires action. I think that's one of the hardest things that I have learned for new business owners because when they're at a job, they know their hours, they know I their start and finish. And so there's some consistency to that. And as a business owner, you have to build your own consistency. That, that is, is so true. And the mean voice can throw you off of that really quickly by asking, What did you do for your business today? Because when you start, it does require a little bit of discipline. But when you start to do that, It really does make a difference. Here is my question for you. What's the warning signs that your main voice is running your business and you're not? I think that's a really important question because I think some of us get so into that identity of what our inner voice is telling us. And if that we move past that, you're no longer running the show. So in your experience, what are the kind of things you hear? And in parenting, because I work in marketing with women. And I hear, if I'm in my business, I'm not with my kids. If I'm with my kids, I'm not in my business. I'm constantly feeling this pull of guilt on both sides.
1: A lot of what I see is anything from total avoidance, just putting it to the side, I'll deal with that later, I'll deal with it tomorrow, to extreme overworking. So I need to prove something to myself, to the world that you know I'm the real deal, and that shows up as overwork. And it can be anything in between, or it can be a combination. A lot of people will ping pong back and forth between the two. So they'll do this overwork, overwork, and then avoid. And finding that balance is really hard for people, especially when they're letting that mean voice run the show, because the mean voice is basically just saying, what you're doing is not matching our operating system, does not compute. So it's Bouncing you back and forth between the two because you're trying with willpower to come that with the overwork. And then you just have to recover from that. And that goes to the other spectrum with the avoidance. The mean voice really can put you into a, a tailspin with that. And the key, I think, is finding routines and habits and small things that you can do every day to reinforce the habits and to reinforce the identity of becoming. A person in this and coming up with ways to maybe compartmentalize your life if you're a parent, of having certain times that are devoted to your business versus being fully present with your family. Because when you don't have those guardrails in place, you do wind up feeling bad when you're working on the business that you should be with your family or when your family are, oh, I should have been doing this thing for my business. But if you have it more clearly delineated that this is when, you know, it's only maybe an hour or two that I'm going to focus and work on my business, you're going to feel great about that. You're going to accomplish maybe one major thing. And that's fantastic. And then you can move on and have dinner with your family and you'll feel like I've already accomplished my business thing. I can be here now with my family. So that's what I recommend is really, it doesn't have to be some crazy strict schedule. It's more just finding those pockets of feeling good about it and then moving
0: on. I really like that. And I believe that too. I think that sometimes I love what you were talking about, the ping pong. And I'm a real big believer in sprinting. Sometimes we sprint and we have busy seasons and that's okay. But keeping up a sprint forever, runners don't do, there's long distance running, but they ace themselves in long distance running. They don't go full-fledged from start to finish. They'd be so exhausted halfway through. And so I think that there's something to that is that learning how to like find a rhythm at a pace that works for you, that it isn't such a ping pong until you find that balance. and. It is about doing that one thing. And for me, I have to do the one thing in the morning and then I'm not so stressed out about or or stressed at all because that one thing is always done in the morning and then I can move on with my day. The other thing that you mentioned was willpower. I that we're not going to be able to willpower our way through this and not be exhausted.
1: Yeah. Cause we all have a finite amount of willpower. It's great. And it's a technique, it's a strategy, it's a, a tool in our toolbox that we can pull out and use. It's very finite. It's not a long-term strategy. It can get you going. It can push you through the beginning to get started, but you need to find systems and routines and habits that are going to support your goals and what you want to do in the long run, because relying on power is a recipe for disaster. I'll know it with things like diets and size and things like that. Most of us have tried some version of those activities throughout the years. And it's, The willpower will get us going, but if we don't find some sort of way to work it into our lives, it's just not going to stick around. It's just the same with any activity, with starting a business or anything else that you're trying to do.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree is that it will get you started, but it cannot be the finish line because again, you're like exhaustive. And I think too, when we depend just on willpower, I think that mean voice gets in our head then. So yeah. We don't even have the willpower to do this. And that's not good either because it's still going into the same cycle. We, because then we watch other people and we think they have more willpower, which has really has to do with that they have come up with a system that works for themselves. And has tried every one of them because I used to be like, if I don't get up at five in the morning, then I'm not doing it So. I think the most important thing, part of what you're saying is find one that works for you. It's nice to hear what works for somebody else. And you might be able to take even components of it. But I had to realize that the way that I work is very different. Like I do four good hours a day. I am good because I know I get a lot done in that time frame where other people are like up at five. And I'm like, that does not where I tried. Nope. I'm with <laughs> you, Wendy. I like good habits. It's not because I don't like good habits, but I think it's so key what you're saying. And as a parenting coach, and let me know your thoughts on this. When we learn how to do this for ourselves, we're showing our children how to do that.
1: Yes, that is key because they do what you do. They don't listen to what you say. They don't, that whole do as I say, not as I do kind of thing, it never works. So they're going to see your habits. They're going to see your self-care. They're going to see how you set up your life and they can't help but either model after it or want to do the diametric set because they see it's not working for you. So it's really important in terms of what we're showing our kids. You're absolutely right.
0: Yeah. I And I have, uh, I've worked with women and that's one of the things that I tell them. I'm not a parenting coach by any means, but I'm like, if you want your children to follow what you do and be okay with it, it really is the basis of, what you're doing. Like they they watch you're right. They watch everything and you don't even know you're watching. That's one of those things that I completely, completely agree with. And you started to touch on it earlier. I want to say this now before I forget is that I think sometimes we don't realize that we would never speak to other people the way our inner critic or mean voice speaks to ourselves.
1: For sure. You've got to talk to yourself like you talk to your best friend or someone that you love. When you see it in other people, it really shows it for me. For example, I see it in my son for some reason and it breaks my heart. He'll say things about himself that are very negative. And I'm like, where does this come from? Neither his, his parents would make a big effort not to talk about ourselves, at least out loud <laughs> in a negative light or anything to show him or whatever. And so I always have to address it when I see it with him, but they see everything and it just comes out. It's so almost bizarre to me. And you really need to like address it when you see it. And it's, it does help. And it's easier to see when you see it in other people than it is in ourselves. Sometimes
0: I completely a hundred percent agree. And sometimes you can see it in see else and then still not know by the way that you're doing it until it, it's so painful. And just to your point. By the way, as the marketing person, not every one of your posts are going to go viral. You are not a file failure. I want everybody to hear that you are not a failure because you're not trying to attract the whole world. I always think you're trying to attract the right client to you. Why do you care if it goes viral for a millisecond and you still may not get the right client? So attract the right client. And that's what you worry about. Not the how many people reach it is. It's did you get the right engagement from the two to three people that you need to get the right engagement? Right. So to that point, though, oh, there's a problem. What's my solution?
1: Yeah. The first step is to really just recognize that it's happening and become aware that this is an issue for you. And I would venture that it's an issue for almost everybody because it's the way we're wired as human beings is to have this safety, idea of safety in our brains that we're trying to protect ourselves. And so the little exercise that I have people go through is first you identify that it's happening and start to notice it. And a fun thing that we like to do is to give it a name. So it's not you necessarily, like not thinking of it as yourself talking to you, but it's, some sort of a persona and I don't know if you've ever seen the movie I think it's called Luca it's a cartoon movie it's relatively recent last couple years and it has this part in it where they're basically talking about this and the one character says that whenever that mean voice comes up, you say, Bruno. So be quiet. It's a Bruno, whatever is the name. And so I do that with my son. So he says silencio Bruno. Mm-hmm. Or you could say, hush Mildred, or whatever, give her a name, or whatever you want to do is just to call it out as is almost like a personified person outside of yourself that you can tell to just basically hush up when they start pipe it up. And also And it makes it a funny thing, too, in your own brain that you're like being snarky with your alter ego there. And it's also good to sit down and identify what I call the top 10 greatest hits. So it's usually a series of things that will come up over and over, touching on the same subjects that you're generally most sensitive about. Usually for me, it's appearance or parenting or follow through or, you know, things like you're lazy, things like that. Like we all have a certain set of things that come up over and over. And so once you start seeing the pattern and even maybe jotting them down in a journal so that you can see them in black and white, it's more easy to see them for what they are. And when they start coming up in your brain, you can say to yourself, you can catch yourself and just say, I'm not going to argue with you. I understand you're trying to keep me safe, but thanks, but no thanks. I'm good. I'm going to try this. And if it doesn't work, I'm not going to die. Life will go on if I try this marketing campaign and it falls flat and nobody signs up for my program. No one's dead. Sure. Nobody probably will even notice that it happened besides you and maybe a select people that that are in your world there. So you got to just put it into a little bit of perspective.
0: I love that. And you're right. And as a marketer, I've had things fail. And it's Uh okay. Everybody does. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, now I know that doesn't work for mine. It's great. I can try something else. But what I really like about that is, call it a name, the coach I had years ago, I share about this often is she would, every time I had that, she'd say, thank it for sharing and let it know that you got it. That the adult you will take over now. But I love even putting a name on it because again, telling yourself to stop, you'll never stop. But if you were speaking to somebody else, you'd be like, hey, Mildred. Yeah, I don't want to make a Karen joke right now. But
1: I was but, trying so hard not to use the name Karen. Like, I know so many lovely Karens, by the way, <laughs> that it's like but, the name it, that comes up. I don't know. It, it's terrible.
0: It, it is terrible. But there's that onus of pulling it out for what it is like the, and going, OK, thank you. Thanks for sharing. I love that. Thanks for sharing. But the rest of me has got this. But if you put a name on it, that's a great idea because you would speak to somebody even about it differently than you would if you're just telling yourself to stop.
1: And a lot of this stuff does come from our upbringing. So maybe a parent or a teacher or somebody that was deep back there in childhood, often will be where a lot of these stories and limiting beliefs were imprinted on us. So it it isn't really an innate thing coming from us. It is coming from how we've been programmed. It's probably a combination of things, obviously. It's not just one person, but giving it a name takes it a little bit outside of ourselves and allows us to get some separation. That's not truth of who I am, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, really quickly, I look back at my own life and it took me years to realize that everybody told me that I should never write. me because I do that for a living now. I was an English minor and it was bad. My grades were horrible because I started to believe all of what I was hearing. But I enjoyed doing this so I could get better in the areas I need to get better in as opposed to thinking I have to throw it all away. So it's one of those things where you go, okay, so let me learn the tools as opposed to throwing away what I really love to do.
1: That you know. is fantastic. It's a great, great example because we've all been told things by people that they don't want us to try something and fail. Or is that the worst thing in the world? I don't know. But that is how people think and how they're trying to protect us. So they would tell us things like that to save us the disappointment of trying something
0: not work. Absolutely. I have to say this has been a pleasure. I could tell this more and more because some of the things I've told myself over the years, and I think every woman does it. I think every male does it. I think whether you're an entrepreneur or not, we all have those moments. And sometimes it requires somebody else to let us know because we don't even see it or we're not open. And then sometimes people tell you and you're not open to see it till even later till it eats at you a little. But this has been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much. And I know that you have an offer. So please tell the audience what the offer is and then let them know how to get in touch with you.
1: Oh, fantastic. So this has been such a pleasure, Wendy. It's always great talking to you. So this was just a fun conversation for me. And before our talk was an offer for a free resource that I'd like to share. And it's a way to get to know me a little better and the resources that I like to share. And it does relate to what we're talking about today, because if you want to reprogram your operating system and kind of work on addressing that mean voice, I recommend starting with your habits, like we talked about earlier, and specifically I recommend starting with one habit at a time and the smallest version possible that you can do every day. Think of two minute version of it. And so I go into some more tips on how to do this in a free habit change made simple cheat sheet that I created. It's available for free on my website. It's just at lovehealth.com slash habit. And it's at little opt-in, just your email address. And then you'll also be opted into my weekly newsletter so you can be aware of other things that I'll be offering as well.
0: Thank you so much. And thank you so much for being on the show today. It has been such a pleasure. I'm so excited. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for having me, Wendy.
1: This is fantastic.
0: All right. So for all my listeners, you are all extraordinary, beautiful women. Live it. Step into it. And in the meantime, I can't wait to see you at our next show. Thanks, everybody. Bye.